So my good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 31. Jake, not from State Farm. I'm Kirk Vaisol. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Bam, bam. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, bam. Today, today I'm super fucking stoked. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this product, but there's a product called Midday Squares, and they are healthy, fun, delicious chocolate squares that come to you any way you can think of. They're vegan. They have protein, low sugar, mainly organic ingredients, just like one or two things that quote unquote aren't organic. But I just ordered two packs of the peanut butter and mm. I've been chomping on them. My wife is a vegan who loves them. They're the the healthy version of a different orange chocolate and peanut butter thing. <laughs> the Voldemort of the fucking chocolate industry. But we brought on today Jake Carl's The Rainmaker of Midday Squares. Jake, what's up? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> no, I love that entrance that you guys had with your with your podcast. I think that's it, it. It got me excited to be honest with you. So it was that's different. all it is, baby. We got to bring it if you're on here, especially. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yo, Andy and Kirk, I'm fired up to be here today. Um, jazzed up because you know you guys are good folks, and and uh, I think that makes a huge difference for anything that anyone does in life. And it just attracts energy. The magnetic pull from it is wild. So I'm super jacked up to be here today, and I'm I'm down to get dirty in a good way. Um, Let's do and, it. Uh, yeah, thanks for that intro. Yeah, of course, man. And, and you know, it's it, I was just telling you before we came on that this is a packaging show, but the whole thing about packaging is is there's a foundation that needs to be there, whether it's the brand strategy or the actual brand itself. And we've mentioned it at least fucking 80 times on this show about Midday Squares and how incredibly organic and fun and unapologetic and transparent that this brand is. Like, the, the, and I always say this, the one thing that got me into it was, was when you guys did the, re, the repackage, right? Like you had to redo the, the packaging. And so you're going through it and you're, you're, basically live blogging or you know taking a timeline documentary mockumentary because it almost feels like it's not real but it is and you're showing all the shit you went through and then like one of the things that mm -hmm. was was there was one there's a product out there called unreal and the packaging that it was being done and i'm watching this lifetime and i'm reacting like dude that's fucking unreal that's unreal and and then someone comes up and says yeah have you seen this like on the team like oh fuck back to square one but <laughs> But that's what builds, that's what builds enthusiasm. That's what builds character. That's what builds trust in a brand. But you have to deliver on the flavor and you guys do, man. I want you to tell me about like what, what brings you joy when you start doing this? How'd you even fucking get into this? Because, you know, your, your sister and your brother-in-law, your sister's husband, 
kind of roped you in and it's like let's let's fucking go man that's the theme lfg motherfucker so tell me jake that was a real long intro i'm totally ass kissing right now and i'm even afraid to admit it um but i i really am jazzed about it and i just love to hear your perspective because you know you're a quiet dude and it's kind of hard to draw shit out of you so i want to make sure <laughs> that we get all the information we can about about mds Oh, yo, first of all, um, I'm going to reuse that recording so I can use it for my own info before I go. Um, so thank you for that, Kirk. Uh, so yeah, so it's interesting because packaging is super important, first of all. Um, it's what catches the eye. It's what makes people feel something inside. So I think if in packaging, it is super important that relates to whatever your brand's doing. So you need both. And you also need product market fit. So those three things are extremely important if you want to succeed, at least in the CPG world, Okay. But for me joining Midday Squared, what was interesting was my brother-in-law, Nick, and my sister, Leslie, they were making this product for fun. Basically, they were doing it, and they loved it because he loves chocolate, and he needed an afternoon snack to get him through his afternoons. And she made him this clean, this clean ingredient product that tasted delicious, was dark chocolate, real chocolate. And they launched this business. And they said to me, they're like, we need a third person to come in and basically allow us to set ourselves apart from the other 40,000 products that are in the supermarket. So I rejected instantaneously. I didn't want to join even as a founder. I was like, I'm not joining this business. <laughs> I launched it. I'm like, chocolate is so saturated. You got Goliaths in there and so many conglomerates in there that dominate the space. They own the shelves of the grocery store. And then it clicked to me. I got canned by my ex-girlfriend at the time. And this is July, 2018. Wait, canned? Were you, work, were you working for her or was it like a relationship? Oh, no, she canned me like, <laughs> No, she like is that some Canadian term we're not familiar with? I mean, she dumps yeah, your ass. Is that what you're trying to say? Got fired. <laughs> out of nowhere, guys, out of nowhere, she dumped my ass. Oh, who would do that? It's fucked up. Uh, yeah, I went through like a deep sadness for like a month. And then I was like, hey, I need something to fill my time. And what I was really good at was building community. I did it for two other businesses I launched where I was able to really build community, but not operate a business. I was very bad at operations. And it's still my weakness, by the way, operations. And I'm so transparent about that. And then Nick and Leslie came up to me July 28th, I think it was 2018. And they're like, yo, you need to join. Like, I'm like, yo, okay, fine. I'm actually taking it serious now. And I joined them. But before joining, what I said, it was, I gave them a, a PowerPoint. I'll never forget. And I put two slides. One of the slides was keeping up with the Kardashians, the TV ratings from the last couple of years. It was Shark Tank at the other side of it. That was the TV ratings from there. And then it was Elon Musk's social media growing over time. And what I said is, if we really want to win in this category of chocolate, grocery, whatever you want to call it, better for you snacking, you, we need to fucking stand out. And mm -hmm. I said, we're going to combine the three of these things. And they looked at me like I was actually out of my mind. I'm like, we're going to take the drama from keeping up with the Kardashians. And what I mean by the drama is family business. Then we're gonna take the idea of Shark Tank and go into depth about entrepreneurship, what you mm. don't see, not the surface level shit that they put on. I'm talking about the deep stuff that you don't see behind yep. the curtain. And then we're gonna take the Elon Musk strategy on just being yourself, being bold, and people are gonna like you or hate you, it's one or the other, but people that love you will be there and they will fight for you. And they looked at me and they're like, yo, well, we're introverts, we don't wanna get on the camera. And I'm like, I don't give a shit, I'm not joining unless you do it. And then I showed them a picture of, <laughs> couple of rock bands, boy bands, girl bands, the whole nine yards. I showed them Spice Girls. I showed them Backstreet Boys. And I said, we love these bands because we can relate to some of these band members. I can relate to some of the Backstreet Boys. I can relate some to the Spice Girls. 
And that's what makes me love them. Their music's great and all, don't get me wrong, but I fall in love with these characters and then I look mm -hmm. at their music. So what I said is we're gonna do the same thing, but instead of selling the records, we're selling chocolate. So we're gonna become a rock band. And that was the idea of how we built this brand to be very transparent, related, relatable, like you were saying, Kirk. And it makes consumers feel a certain way that they know us. So when they go to the shelf and see the aesthetically pleasing packaging, they don't just see Midday Squares, the chocolate bar. They see the Midday Squares team, Nick, Leslie, and I, and they know everything that's going on. They know the emotional journey because we've been documenting every moment since the beginning of the company, August 4, 2018, till right now, we have 45,000 videos of everything that's happened. It's a tremendous effort and energy um, investment and a lot of resources put to it, but it is what's driving this business to get fast-paced growth. That being said, you still need product market fit and you still need to have great packaging. That's dude, that's awesome. Andy, did you want to did you want to say something before? I was I was just gonna say I love that. Um, I don't know your like specific background, but it doesn't sound to me like you went through an MBA program and got this like, you know, got sort of entrenched in the sort of uh, antiquated way of thinking about marketing your your brand. And and it's almost like you the 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 culture and everything caught up to midday squares. You guys didn't just like one day wake up a couple of months ago and you're like, Hey, we should really start tapping into this. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was born into the DNA of the brand, which is so cool. And it, and it's become, you know, there's you all, y'all could be a case study for how to really harness, um, what a lot of folks are now trying to do. Um, and, and sadly it's like, if it's not, it, you can't, it, it, you can't just manufacture it. It's yeah. got to grow. And like you said, like you didn't just show up, you've, you've made a gajillion videos and, uh, and yeah, no, I, I love it. And I love your commitment to, um, to, to the whole, to the whole ecosystem yes. of the brand. 100%. And, and, and the, and the, you know, you're, you really speak to Kirk and I's soul when you talk about the importance of packaging Think, you know, a lot of times folks, um, brand owners and founders and, and marketing people, it's sometimes it's sort of the, the last thing they think of because mm -hmm. they're in it and it, right or wrong, you know, they might be focused on getting their facilities set up and um, lining up, you know, all the other stuff. And sadly, sometimes design and packaging gets sort of pushed off. It's sort of the flexible, squishy part of a project that, you know, even with timeline or even with budget. But it sounds like you all have invested a lot of time and energy. I mean, it's a, it makes sense. It's what you've done in other parts of the brand and the business. So that your packaging would reflect that. So um, that's just it's just really great to hear that you know you have that. It's a very important component, as it should be. Huge. Think about it. You go to a grocery store. If they haven't seen your media, your storytelling, or haven't heard about you they need to be attracted to a the function of your product let's call it and b the the way it looks on that shelf or that fridge mm -hmm. and if it's not attractive to the eye the human eye or, or emotionally connecting mm -hmm. you're finished you're going to lose that customer so it's like that's why packaging reinforces a lot in my opinion and then if it's not authentic to the branding i think that's another problem too for us 
we're crazy wild. You know, that's what we believe in. So we, we don't do the typical food packaging style. We want it to go more lifestyle-y because that's what mm -hmm. our marketing is. If you think about it, we don't even talk about our product that much. We talk about the journey of what we're on. And what's crazy is, is you're, I'm seeing a lot more, which I'm thinking I'm inspired about is a lot more brands in the food and beverage world have been taking a new approach to their marketing over the last year. And I think where people will run into problems is if they try to be too much like, you know, the way we're doing it, film everything, post everything up, do all that stuff. It won't be authentic to them and it will feel cringe. But I like the idea that they're <laughs> inspired to create more content and put more mm -hmm. energy because that's the future is using media to connect to your consumers via great content. Yep. Cringe. You're reminding me of my, my kid. And uh, speaking of kids, you are kids of a great mom who yeah. from the get go was super supportive of you writing hand lettered handwritten notes to, yes. to, uh, you know, <laughs> well, here's the deal. And, you know, uh, Carl, uh, Jake never, Jake and Leslie and Nick never paid, paid her. So I think that's a bit jacked up, but um, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. No. So, so there are, there are tons of growing pains and the coolest thing and most flattering, but also kind of the, uh, I guess, bullshit kind of thing is, is when you know you've made it is when someone comes after you. For instance, when you first did the packaging, you had three flavors. You have fudge, I'm getting this right. You have crunchy, and these are the, and, and then peanut butter, B-U-T-T-A, right? Those, I mean, that's just, that's just it, right? So the peanut butter was really good. And the color that was being used for the peanut butter was very close to a different chocolate and peanut butter who shall go unnamed at the fucking Voldemort of the industry. <laughs> uh, and they dropped a suit on you guys. You need to stop using our colors too close to what we're doing. So now is kind of the thing where you have to go into a repackaging of something that you've launched that you kind of created. What and what goes into that? But I think the coolest thing about this, before we even go into that, is when you have a well-established brand and people are so used to the brand itself that pivoting on the packaging doesn't overall change the brand that much. And that's that's the beauty of it. It's like you guys are like this crazy chameleon where. You can fit any avenue, anything like, okay, you, you want us to go into this store, fine, we'll do it. I'll go in there and sell it and we'll make it happen. Um, but also if we have to change your packaging, fine, we'll do that too. You're not, you're not going to stop us. Um, because for me, in order for, for a brand to do well, you have to pick it up, right? You have to have a story, but it has to taste good. And that's where you guys deliver on. So when you went to this rebrand, which has made me fall in love with it, what were like some of the things when you first got that? Of course, it's flattering, but it's also kind of fucked up to get that letter. So how do you guys get in the mindset of, all right, we got to pivot and we got to figure things out. What were the steps going into that? I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely flattering to be noticed. Um, that's definitely something. Um, and, you know, we're a Canadian brand, so we dominate in Canada, obviously. And then, you know, we've entered the U S markets, you know, slowly, but we're growing and we're seeing some success and milestones go there. But I think what the, what went into the packaging was, we were shocked that, that that came to us, that we had to deal with a letter that, you know, said we had to change our packaging or else this would potentially happen. And it looked in our case like, you know, this was gonna cost us millions of dollars if we pursued it and energy and time, which we didn't have. We were raising money at the time. We were almost bankrupt to, what I mean by bankrupt is out of cash. Um, and, you know, we needed to raise that money to continue growing this epic entity that we were building. and. We just didn't have the time to fight in court. And even if we would have won this case or whatever it would have gone to, it, it it wasn't worth it. So what we did is we played to our strengths. And I think every company needs to start focusing on 
what are you good at? What are you great at? And whatever that is, it doesn't have to be about legal stuff. It could be about anything. What are your muscles that is built to your company? And that is creative for us. Creativity. You know, we look at things of how can we storytell this? How can we turn this into a place where we we fight back in a different type of way that's more positive, I would say, less resources, but also true to our brand, true to our community, and true to us three as leaders, what we believe in. And for us, it was let's respond back with storytelling. And we will change the packaging because we didn't have the resources and time to deal with the courts. So what we did was we changed the packaging to what we end up love, falling in love with anyways, but we told our community everything. We yeah. showed moment by moment, the love, the care, the effort, the energy, the pressure that we had to go through, which then when, as we rebranded it, people got excited and got behind it even more and was so pumped about it to want to support because they're like, Oh my God, this is crazy to go through. And that brought them on the emotional journey, the storytelling journey of how we rebranded packaging very fast in a very time crunch with the entire team helping. And I think that that's what my lesson to anyone would be. I'm no expert. We're no experts at like midday squares in, in anything, to be honest, maybe getting becoming experts in dark chocolate. But I think, I think what we can tell you is just play to your strength. When you go through these hardships, even if you have to do a rebrand, maybe it's not because of legal stuff. Maybe it's because your customers don't like your stuff. Find out what your strength is and then do it, apply it to that. And I promise you, if you hone in on that, there will be a win, whatever that win is. Yep. That's, dude, that's so good. You mentioned earlier that you're not good at certain aspects of what you do. So you know your weaknesses, but you play towards your strengths and you're just reemphasizing that right now. I think having having no egos to me comes comes along with the idea of having the intelligence and knowledge to know what's going to work best for your brand overall like being able to push aside how you feel about something and then see exactly what needs to happen so the collaboration with the entire team to change and this isn't people who are listening it's not easy for people everybody on the team to agree on designs it's not easy at all so there has to be a decision maker but it's so nice when people who are leaders of the company involve those who may be on, who may be a janitor or a fucking print production person, or even like a operations person in the process. It makes them feel like part of the team. And I, I think that that is so, so great. But the biggest part about this is the honesty in which you tell the story. Transparency. Yeah. It's not always like we're crushing it. We're crushing it, bro. No, we're crushing. It's like, no, man, this shit fucking sucks. We fucked up here. <laughs> I saw a video where you guys forgot to put peanut butter into like a mixture. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. shit, what do we do? What happened? We forgot to put peanut butter. And it's like, oh, beep. What do we beep do? It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, we, we fucked up. So, but the coolest thing about that was, is when you give, when you spread the responsibility, you also spread the accountability. And no one's afraid of making mistakes if everybody's, willing to admit they can and in that video everybody's like yeah that's on me i fucked up like no i should have checked it i fucked up everybody's like taking blame for it and it's like I i've worked at so many places like i'm working on a branding job side note real quick and i presented these ideas and presented this stuff and i am talking and i hear nothing on the other end it's just crickets <laughs> it's 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 a it's a solid like just That's dead air right like it's uncomfortable <laughs> and, so, and so i had to put myself in there she was like okay they're in the corporate environment 
they're they're the ones who are afraid to make a decision because it can come back on them and then they get in trouble and they get fired. So that's understandable. But where do you, with your employees, build that trust and build that relationship where they they're not afraid to come to you and you treat them, they you treat them as equals, but they still know that you guys, you three are like the the, the trinity as referred to in this DC comic world. Since, since I'm at Comic Con, um, you know, you have Batman, you have Superman, you have Wonder Woman. So it's like that's the trinity. And how do people in the Justice League of MDS go to you guys <laughs> like unafraid and unabashedly, you know, willing to discuss how they feel? What's what's the approach there? I think I think company culture is an extremely important mm. topic. That's it's more than a pizza, it's more than a pizza party or a ping pong yeah, table. It, yeah, it's yeah. more than casual Fridays. Exactly. It's more than that. It's actually hard work and hard yeah. work to understand people's cultures. You know, we have many different cultures in this environment. We once had an incident with music um, where music was playing in the factory and, uh, and one group of folks did not like that music and didn't say anything. And then the other put, the other mm. group folks put on their music and then didn't say anything. And it built up animosity and tension, even though they all love each other. And then we had to start monitoring how we work everything together. Okay, the playlist will be a mix and we're all gonna start to learn each other's cultures. It's not pushing cultures on you. It's not just be aware. And I think that my sister, I gotta give her the credit for it. My sister is very empathetic. She knows how to have very hard conversations. She's very confident in that. And she's taught Nick and I um, to be more empathetic towards certain things on, on, on how to build this culture and how important it is. Because if you don't have a great fucking team, your company is going nowhere in the long run. There's mm -hmm. no chance. If we don't have an amazing team making the bars unbelievable with care and love, forget about the quality. <laughs> if we don't have an amazing team that puts the effort into the research on design and packaging, we would have landed up with the Unreal Snack package as the final package. If we don't have a team that cares about the media, the content, and they would put out just shit that's just okay. And I think that we have a core value that we continuously say, be right more than you are wrong. It's okay to be wrong, but we hope mm. that you have more bets that are right. Mm. And that will allow us to win. If you make 10 bets that are right and nine are wrong, we're still moving forward. So I love that. Yeah. But Kirk and I, this is a place where you come, it, you're not forced to be here. There's no, there's no, you know, thing to your head. There's no, you don't have to be here. This isn't, this is a place where you know what you're getting into. It's a very high growth environment. It's very stressful. But it's a place where you can actually call home and not just have a ping pong table and pizza parties, but a place where you communicate with each other, honesty, transparency, authenticity, things that are just buzzwords now, but we actually work on embracing those. It takes so many hours a week for Leslie, Nick and I to work on things to make sure that the environment is a place that people want to come to and enjoy coming to. And without that, we don't have a team. And I said, team is everything. So I think the investment that's super important, but I also think that when you said the packaging before about about how how it works, I think in the end we were able to relieve so much pressure because it's authentic to us to share everything, right. and that led our customer base to be like, yeah, well, this of course Midday Square is going to do this, of course they are, and this makes sense. So it didn't come out of left field. This is like a typical way that we would function, and how we approach problems here is is not with budget spending, because most companies would say, oh, here, take 100K, solve this problem. We recently mm -hmm. solved a merchandising problem or solving a merchandise problem that would cost us $150,000 to have merchandisers go out yes. there. 
we we used our community. We asked them to help us find the photos, take the pictures when you're at the grocery store, show us the prices so that we can get thousands of people on the ground that are already on the ground to give us visibility instead of paying that $150,000. Mm-hmm. Again, get creative, create content to get people excited. And then your community is an army, but mobilize it. Yeah, I, I was just- That's awesome. I don't know if you saw this, Andy, but the the price the price in the midday squares, they went from a two pack to a single, mm-hmm. but they kept the price point the same. And the price point was at $3.99 for a single when it should be roughly $2.49. And it was still out there at $3.99, $3.79. And like, please let us know. And we, we have a special mission for you, a secret mission. Anywhere you see a tag in the store, take a picture, let us know, tell the grocery manager it's the wrong price point because a lot of times when you get a new package, like, okay, and they just throw it on the shelf without thinking that the skew might've changed, the uh, the serving size might've changed instead of going from a two pack, went to one pack. And it's just great because people are like, they're involved and they're engaged, but it, that all comes back to the the transparency part. It, it, it that's a, that's sort of a, um, esoteric sort of like grocery retail thing that you have to hire as a brand traditionally you would hire what you said jake merchandisers to go physically to a store and check up on all your stuff if you're in thousands of stores you have this whole team like you said you have to invest all this money in this big team of people and it's just a part of the grocery industry that that you know thankfully just customers don't have to know about or even but it is can be significant cost and to 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 run that through that that problem through the midday squares filter (laughs) and template and then say okay we've got this street team let's mobilize them and um and, and let's 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 break down this somewhat complicated i mean you're reading prices on a shelf and you're making sure they're correct and if they're not, you go to tell somebody. So it's not that complicated, but it's still is sort of like, wait, I was, I, I'm a fan of this brand and I buy their stuff regularly. And now they're asking me to go take pictures on shelf. You know, so like you had to sort of put an education piece into it as well. But, um, but yeah, you just, you just took a, a problem, a challenge, ran it through your template, your, your filter, and then um, created a, a, a creative solution for it and so um it's really yeah it just again it like it's like i meant to say this earlier with the um the lawsuit you basically you applied your brand to that challenge as well it was like here you know we're not going to go the traditional route and hire a bunch of lawyers and fight this in court no we're going to we're going to generate content and, and bring folks along, you know, be transparent about it, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's just another, you know, it's like web 3.0 or whatever. It's, it's brand 3.0, you know, where you're like multidimensional, where it touches every part. Normally people just think, oh, my brand is my logo. Yeah. It's, um, it's part of our foundation that we rarely, the pillars that we rarely um, mention or talk about. Uh, and that's sort of where it ends. Um, but you all just sort of run it through your filter all the time. And I think that's, I don't know if it's, if that as you, as the, as your company matures, I hope you can keep that spirit um, and, and really retain it because it is really refreshing and in, in what I think is a huge thing that makes you all so different. Yep. And I also too, just real quick, 
before before we move on, it only benefits the customer. Like, oh shit, I've been paying too much yeah. for these for this bar. I'm gonna definitely go and get a it's like a discount automatically for them. Like, hey, here you go. Like this is way too much. I'm paying a dollar fifty more per pack um for for this as opposed to getting it at the proper cost. So that's that's really great. So it, the brand itself, midday squares. Nick loved having an afternoon snack. Leslie made a beautiful, dark chocolate, yummy, delicious thing in the kitchen. What? So it's obvious that midday squares makes sense, but how, how did that even like, was there other names for it that you come up with? Like what was like, <laughs> this is what it's going to be. I'm always interested in hearing these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, there's all these other kind of weird names to be honest with you. Uh, shitty names in my opinion. I think the reason why we chose midday squares was because we were inspired by a company called Five Hour Energy. I don't really, I don't use their product, but I understand what their product is as soon as I read it. It says Five Hour Energy. It's a bottle of five hours of energy. You get it. You understand it. And it's, it had a very good run in terms of convenience, gas and convenience. And what I liked about it was the clarity and the simplicity. So when we thought of it, we're like, okay, our product's a midday snack that's square formatted. And that's, it tells you what it is. There's no education. There's nothing like that that you need. And as we grow though, we're going to move away from midday squares and do midday, sorry, MDS, because that's where our fans actually call us when they reach out to us like, Hey, MDS, what's up? Like, you know, or Mm -hmm. Hey, MDS, or or, or, I love MDS, you know? And I think that we want to move into that where we become like that slick MDS, like, you know, is the, in the font that we have. And I think that that's where we're going as a growth and also more on like the the mat, the name is getting bigger and bigger in our packaging. It used to be very small. And as we grow, as we get more brand awareness, we're actually growing the name because we want to have that type of relationship. The customer it doesn't have to just be all the features of the product. We rather have people know what they're getting from a logo and be associated part of like Starbucks cup. They put it on their thing in big logo, huge logo, huge. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So here's, so, yeah, and I, I think too, going MDS allows you to pivot if you stop yeah. making just chocolate squares, right? Like you can make something else from that and then you're just the MDS brand and the people just associate automatically MDS with midday squares without even thinking about it. And so I think that's that's super helpful in regards to continuing to evolve and continuing to to make the brand thing because all you're talking about this entire entire time has just been brand. You've been talking about branding the entire time. like. Here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. But that's always changing. That's always a means of how do you grow? How do you get better? Whether it's from, you know, uh, listening to different music in the warehouse and figuring out people's culture to actually having an idea of changing it to MDS to move it forward and do other things. Now, as far as those, those actions go and things, how do you as a team come together and make those decisions? Like, do you three just basically you know, have some midday squares and dip it in chocolate milk and, or, or, you know, vegan, vegan oat milk and have a chat or how do you even come to those conclusions? Do you look at what's going on in the market and see how to move forward? What is your process to move forward doing that? Everything we do um, is based on, on us liking it first. So, you know, for us, we know if we like it, there's someone else in the world that's going to like it. Obviously we look at data, like, you know, we did our two square to one square change up. Um, recently, and, and that was a, a very big request from our fan base for the last three and a half years. 
But there was also another reason supply chain was out of whack. So there's another pushing factor that pushed it through. But again, we look at data and then we, we take our gut and our gut usually overpowers the data, but we still always look at data for flavor profile, new player profiles for branding. You know, at the end of the day, like our branding is different. We didn't, we, we have inspirations from other places, especially a lot of other industries, not food and beverage. Um, and then we bring it together and then our gut tells us whatever it is. And what's cool is that we trust each other. So like, you know, we each, me, Leslie and Nick have very different specialties. So what, what we trust each other for, we just give the full trust to, unless we truly have a heavy disagreement on it, then we'll bring up the conversation. But if we like, if we believe it's going to be good, we, we, we give that person the, the trust to go out there and execute on that idea. And if it doesn't work, we'll change it. So we're very different. It's not as we picture perfect. We don't care about perfection. We do care about greatness, but fuck perfection, to be honest with you. It never happens anyways. Yep. And I, I, I love the fact that you're trying new flavors. And I, I'm thinking of a recent video I saw because I'm not stalking you guys or anything, but there's a new flavor coming out called Cookies and Cream. Is that correct? We're going to, we don't know the name. It's cook. It's going to be cookie dough flavor. Oh, cookie dough. Okay. I actually just had it today. It was absolutely phenomenal. It oh. was like a cookie bar. Teasing us. So that's coming out at mid Q4 or end Q4. So we're just wow. finalizing the shelf life on it. Like actually like the, the, the length, if it could last long in the, in the fridge. And once that's good to go, we're going to launch it because it's been very anticipated. But again, that came from a mix of data that we've taken from our customers but data and the data from the grocery stores on other cookie dough products. And then mm -hmm. our gut telling us to go with this rather than another flavor first. L this is it. LFD. <laughs> What's the D? Dough. Oh. That's fucking dough. <laughs> like that's the name <laughs> of the flavor. That's fucking dough. Woo! <laughs> what, Jake, I'd like to pick your brain about the, the format that, that you all decided on with your packaging why did you go with something that is so far from sort of a traditional bar um that we're that we're used to seeing out there yeah we're well yeah we chose the square um because we basically we love the idea of not being the same as everyone else that's number one being very different you know for example we have a true texture layer it's very unique it can't be co-packed like no co-manufacturer is actually able to scale this product so it separates us from, from doing anything, from being any way associated with anybody. And for us, like it goes back to the brand, we are unapologetically ourselves. We want our product to be unapologetically itself as well. And that makes a difference. When we go out there, there's no other midday square, really. Maybe there'll be some smaller coffee cats that come through, mm -hmm. but it is so hard operationally to scale this business that unless you have tremendous amounts of capital or tremendous amounts of resources, energy, time, it ain't going to happen. So I think that when you think of square, you don't think of protein bar, you know, and we don't want to be associated with protein bar. And when you think of rectangle, you think of chocolate bar. We don't want to be a full chocolate bar. So it's like, we want to be this new hybrid difference. And that's what the square came out to be. That's awesome. <laughs> Seriously. Different. It's so fun. Yeah. And, and I think too, I've said this a zillion times, but you want to stand out, but not alienate. And I think that the way that you guys have talked about the brand and spoken towards the brand and that the packaging and everything is on the front and you get a nice little story when you turn the pack for those who aren't mm -hmm. aware um it's it's about a two and a half two and a half by two and a half package in a and a uh midday square in the middle and on the front there is a an actual three-quarter angle of the bar itself it says midday squares over it and on the edges it gives you like 
vegan and it tells you how much protein's in it and everything else. And so it's, it's a nice little story and it's, it's well done. And I'm trying to think of different ways you could have handled it since this is a packaging show, different ways you could have handled the information. But the way the information is handled, it feels more like accents rather than actual type. Yep. If you're looking at it overall, the only thing you really, really should notice is like the the bar itself, the name, and then the flavor. And that's like what I see when I first see it. And between the red, the um, light tan, and the orange, you can totally tell the difference between all of them at just a first glance. But I that peanut butter man, so good it's so damn good like i remember uh we had been chatting back and forth and we had a chance to meet up at natural natural west this last march and i walked up to you and i'm like hey jay he's like oh the first thing he says kirk dude thanks so much for the love thank you for commenting on the post and i i don't say this often but you seem to genuinely be happy doing this and you seem genuinely enthusiastic Mm -hmm. when you talk to people and I've been with I've been around a lot of fake motherfuckers, and I and I can tell when someone's <laughs> being fake. Like I can tell when you're being phony. I can tell when you're not loving what you're doing. And you're just going through the motions, and it's the wink and the gun. Like, hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? How's the wife and kids? Like, let's go golfing. All that BS. Yeah. But you seem genuine enthused. You're like, hey, man, take some squares, try them out. Super happy you're here. Great to meet you. And it's just you have this energy. And you have this love about what you do that it's just fucking infectious from getting people to get up and dance before yeah. you have a talk to going out and making videos that copy Ellen making Eminem parody rap songs. It's just the company is like this eclectic mix of chaos, yep. but brilliance. It's brilliant chaos. Harmony of those. Yeah. It's I love the uh when you go to the um when you highlight the the grocery folks that you dance with yes and and you do the and like that's like that um again they just go back to like the just grocery store stuff and retail stuff like that's a thankless job Mm -hmm. and and especially like a lot of um brokers or, or even brand owners that that you know have to they some of them are removed from that process of actually physically going to the store and checking up on stuff. And, and so, and then, you know, it's usually just anonymous people submitting the orders and to see you highlight, I mean, that's got to feel good to them too. So it's like, it's neat that, you know, the, these various employees get to be in the spotlight and, you know, be celebrated. It's just, it's just really neat. And obviously another different approach that, that you all are leaning into make friends do business second and that's what we do every day and, <laughs> and everyone's part of the journey with us and 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 like i said you know when i dance with them it's it, it's an experience that makes me so happy and it makes mm-hmm. that person so happy so it's like we're spreading good energy we're, Why not? we're making business together <laughs> and uh yeah like and the world needs positivity so like it's a no-brainer and it's authentic to who we are again when you're yourself you enjoy yourself you feel energized you don't feel as tired you don't feel they used to put on a show or a narrative that isn't you. A lot of people put on a narrative, again, a perfection mm-hmm. that's not them or someone else's per- narrative, and uh, it it hurts them. So you could feel that. For us, it's it's yeah, we're going through chaos. Trust me, it's chaotic right now. If you came here, you'd see the chaos that's here. But there's some sort of beauty to it, um, and and something that we wouldn't want to do otherwise. So it's like I, I was saying, yeah, yeah, the other day I cried and I was just like. I want to, I want to melt. But then I was like, I actually fucking love this. 
I love that feeling, mm-hmm. the opportunity to be able to feel that. Um, it's, I was grateful for it after. Obviously, at first I was rattled as hell, but then I went through this moment of just like, I have the opportunity to be able to do this. That's something special. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think too, it's, it's important to mention that people will buy you before they buy what you're selling. Yep. And that's the thing, like going back to meeting you, it's like, okay, this dude's legit. And in, in closing, I don't want to keep it too long, but in closing, there's something I want to say. And I've said it to you a zillion times. I'm going to make this shit public. Be sure you're taking time for yourself, man, because you bring so much joy to other people that oftentimes the people who are bringing joy and seem happy don't have very happy moments. And you just mentioned crying yesterday. I mean, that's just a small thing and it's okay to cry, but also it's okay to take breaks. And it's okay to make your time not available to others because you give so much, you have to leave some for yourself in order to maintain that healthy, that healthy, healthy relationship with yourself. And I think that's super important. And the other thing I wanted to say was keep your, I've said this before, keep that circle small, man. Look out for them, them, them people coming at you, them, them naysayers who are now wanting some, riding your coattails. The vultures. Yeah, vultures. But I know I'm in the inner circle now. I'm in the inner circle of trust. <laughs> so I feel okay about that. But I, I really can't thank you enough for coming on. And I'm just super jazzed to have another conversation with you. Every time we talk, always brightens my day, always makes me feel like I can conquer the world. Yeah. Or at least go eat like seven peanut butter squares, but I'll be good. So, yeah, thanks for both of you. Thanks for having me. And, and Kirk, the truth is, is when you send those texts to me and I'm feeling down, they, they do lighten me up. So I appreciate you and thank you for doing that. It, it really means a lot. Um, it, it gives me life when I need it at most. And, and, and it, you're right. I give a lot of energy and sometimes I have to take some for myself. Um, and, and Andy, thanks for this great conversation. It was a blast. And like I said, if I could leave three things left. Here we go. Be authentic. Tell a great fucking story and have a great product. And, and obviously within that is the packaging and branding and all that stuff. So those are the three things that I think you must leave with this show, understanding how important they are. And um, yeah, I hope to see you guys soon. No. Yeah. I mean, hang, hang on a second. When we close, when we say a proper goodbye to you, but uh Everybody, go to middaysquares.com, M-I-D-D-A-Y-S-Q-U-A-R-E-S.com. I'm glad I can spell. Look up Jake on LinkedIn, Jake Carls. He's he's the rainmaker. And also look up Leslie and Nick, too. They are the trifecta, the trinity, as I think of them uh, in the DC universe. But I am Kirk Visola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font. And I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. All right, and this has been the Kirk and Curse Packaging Design Podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace. Woo. Woo.